this episode, we hear how a horse called Snowy Burrows fulfilled a lifetime ambition for Graham Arnold. Also, how owning a horse can be affordable for everyone and how you can help a charity at the same time. And find out about the new horse joining the syndicate later on in the year, who's training it and who the famous daughter is. Here's a clue, she's a jockey. Today on the podcast, we have Graham Arnold, who's the joint founder of Four Racing Owners Club. Hello, Graham. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Brilliant. What is Four Racing Owners Club? Well, Four Racing Owners Club is something that was set up. We're a, a horse racing ownership syndicate. Um, we're, very, we're we're quite quite new, quite young. Only been going um, just over a year, really. And yeah, it's a, a syndicate that makes sort of horse ownership affordable to the sort of um, man on the street, really. Should I say man or woman on the street? Yes, absolutely. Man or woman on the street. <laughs> so, um, how, how did it all come about and how, how did you get involved? Yeah, well, base, basically what happened, me, me, and a, me and a friend were talking um, when lockdown first happened and we were just sort of saying in general it'd be quite a nice idea if we could raise some money through various activities for the stable staff of of racing yards because we felt that you know they're the grassroots of the industry and they're the ones that were probably suffering most you know there was a lot of them being laid off a lot of furlough being done across many stables and we thought well if we could raise a little bit of money and just help them out it it would be a great thing to do so we set up a sort of campaign that was called for racing versus covid19 and after we'd been doing that probably three or four weeks, I said to Ian, who I sort of founded this with, who's no longer with me, but still I'll explain that later. Mm. Um, I said, I wonder if we could get any interest having a horse in training and sort of the horse running for charity and you know things like that. So the first sort of trainer we approached was Rebecca Menzies, who trains up in the Northeast. And she was all over it. She was so enthusiastic about what we were doing. She'd, she'd had a, a, a scheme where she's got a charity horse running for the NHS anyway. So she quite liked the idea. So what we decided to do is we sort of took the best bits of various syndicates and the worst bits of various syndicates, got our heads together and decided we were going to launch this and have a maximum of 100 shareholders in it with each horse um you know not like some of these groups that have got like three or four thousand mm. we just thought it would be a bit more personal that way so everybody that bought a share would have a one percent shareholding um and yeah we rebecca found us a horse which is called snowy burrows which was our first one which she's a lovely gray mare and basically um we started selling the shares and we, you know, we have sold out of the shares in Snowy and um, she's actually won a race for us as well, which is great. Fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how it was launched. And, and basically the way, the way it works, way it works with any, any of our horses is that people pay either a lump sum payment for the year, or they can break it down by paying monthly. And at the end of that syndicate year, um, whatever surplus is in the kitty after the sort of the expenses of training the halls goes to uh, goes to charity and you know we we don't take any management fees out of it you know the work we put in is our contribution if you like to the charity 
What is the charity, Graham? Yeah, well, we're, we're not a registered charity ourselves. The the first year, the first year of Snowy Burrows, it's split between Racing Welfare and um, a thing called Riders Minds. Riders Minds um, is available to any equestrian. It doesn't have just to be racing, where they support and give um, help to people that are suffering with sort of mental illness. So we've split it between the two. But going forward, what we're doing, whenever we get a new horse or we get a renewal of a horse, we're asking, we're now going to be asking the trainer to nominate the charity of their choice. Um, so each year, the, the charity charity will be a personal choice of that trainer. And we thought that was good because it's nice to get the trainer involved. And we, you know, from a from a salesy point of view, we think they're more inclined to try and help push the shares for us as well if at the end of the year it's going to support a charity that, uh, that that is close to their hearts really absolutely and would the charity change after a year so say they said right okay we've done a year for this charity next year we're going to do it for another charity can it work like that as well yes it can and, and you know to, to take snowy burrows burrows as an example you know when when we first kicked off with her we it was myself and a guy called Ian Griffiths who decided that we were going to do racing welfare and 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 riders minds but we've all because Snowy Burrows uh, renewal is up at the end of June we've already spoken to Rebecca Menzies about um, the charity that she wants us to to support um, in the next syndicate period for Snowy Burrows and she's kindly because um, I'm involved with uh, course to course who you spoke to mark last week i think yes absolutely. Um, we're yeah. doing a charity walk to every race course in the uk uh rebecca has kindly um nominated that as the charity for the next syndicate period in the halls fantastic yeah you, you talk about riders minds yeah and you mentioned about um stable staff being under pressure yeah. has the pandemic then really affected stable staff and yards i think it did initially um and i think it has it's probably had a knock-on effect you know not because you know there's probably not the money to be thrown around by the owners and some of the owners are pulling their horses out which means some of the stables have got less less horses so they haven't got so much income which obviously has a knock-on like a domino effect all the way along the line really so and i think i think also not just not just stable staff or not just the racing industry i think obviously with lockdown being as long as it was you know i think there's been a lot of mental health issues for everybody in every walk of life so i'm not necessarily saying that we picked on that because we felt it was it was in a worse state than anybody else but we decided to help stable staff because racing is our passion and I've been a horse racing fan since I was about seven years old, I think. Um, so we want we wanted to give a little bit back to something that we love, basically. And you say that you've been a horse racing fan since you were seven. Is that because of somebody in the family? Yeah, I, I, I was I was brought up um, in southwest London, uh, quite close to Epsom. And we used to always go as a family up to the Downs, not just for the Derby, but for various other meetings and sit up there and take picnics and things like that. And like my father and my, even my mum's side of the family. And, you know, my mum was one of one of four. My dad was one of seven. They're all into their sport and their racing. So it was almost, you know, it was almost sort of um, 
it was just passed on really. And, you know, I remember, you know, I can remember watching Grand Nationals and Grand National winners when I was six or seven and getting excited about it. And so, yeah, it's always, it's always been, it's always been a love of mine. And, you know, that's why doing this is something that not only am I really proud of, but something that I'm really enjoying and getting a lot of pleasure out of as well. Was Epsom your first race course that you went to then when you were young? Probably off the top of my head, you know, my memory, you know, we did go to other courses. Uh, we used, you know, we used to go to Lingfield, we used to go to Brighton, Goodwood, all, you know, Kempton, Sandown, all the ones around the, the, the southeast, really. But I think, you know, Epsom is the one that sticks in my mind as probably being the most frequent. So I, I would imagine it probably was the first one, but I don't know the actual exact time. I'll have to ask my mum. and then when you turned 18 you were like right I'm I'm going off on my own now for my mates was that the case yeah yeah um because because I I lived for the first 26 years down in southwest London I'm also quite a keen football fan and I'm a Chelsea supporter and we used to go we used to sort of alternate it from weekend to weekend so if Chelsea if Chelsea were at home we used to go to Chelsea if Chelsea were playing away, we used to pick a local racetrack and go racing. Um, so every Saturday was filled with sort of sport, really. Oh, that's a lovely way of doing it. So you say Snowy won a race. What race did Snowy win? Snow, Snowy Burrows. What Snowy race? Burrows, yeah. It was, it, was, it was incredible, really, because when Rebecca got her from France, we, she'd only raced once in France. And I watched a video of the race and to say she didn't look uh, very enthusiastic or even look like she wanted a race and her jumping was terrible when she unseated the rider at the second fence. I thought, oh my goodness, what have we got to let ourselves in for? But Rebecca, Rebecca's obviously got a good eye and she, she, she said, I'm sure she'll be fine. She'll win races. So we raced her two or three times over hurdles as a sort of, education for her and and each time she settled a little bit better and then during during the bad weather um there was there was very little opportunities and so we gave her a bit more experience by running her in some all weather bumper races um and she showed up quite well and so she then got a handicap mark and we we entered her for a race um at Sedgefield a couple of weeks ago and quite astonishingly, the champion jockey, Brian Hughes, spoke to Rebecca and wanted a rider. And we thought, oh, this is interesting. Why, why is the champion jockey? He'd seen her performances in a couple of the all-weather all weather bumpers and he, he was keen to ride her. And so we were sort of quietly optimistic. Rebecca thought, you know, if she runs into a place, it'd be great. And she went on one by two and a half lengths at about 11 to two or 13 to two. Um, so we were thrilled and, and, and to, to sort of endorse that, that race, the horse that she beat that day ran yesterday and won by 14 lengths. So all all in all, we're, we're, we're really chuffed. You know, Rebecca's done a great job with her. Rebecca and, um, her stable, her stable lass is a, a, is a girl called Diaz and, you know, the love and the love and the care that they, they show for all the horses, but obviously we we see and hear more about um snowy is you know it's incredible and and i rung rebecca like 20 minutes after snowy won her race um and i was obviously quite emotional and i said to her 
do you realize you and your team have just fulfilled a lifetime ambition of mine mm. and she was she was in bits as well so oh. it just shows the care and the and then and the passion they have for the horses as well absolutely and where were you watching the race from graham i was watching it from my telly in my apartment oh. uh, on the south of spain <laughs> jumping up and down Oh, I couldn't. Yeah, I was, I was watching it with my wife, and we were you know, hugging each other, and got the champagne out, and um, yeah, it was it was it, it was a lovely thing because you know it's the first horse we've had, and you know I, I don't know what the actual statistics are, but I did read a few years ago that only about seven percent of race horses actually ever win a race, yeah. and so for us to have a winner with our first one was was, was really nice, yeah. Do you have any other horses? We've got another live syndicate at the moment for a horse called Morning Gloria, who's trained down in Somerset with Kaylee Wallacott. She she's sort of going down a similar path to Snowy. She's sort of just got her handicap mark. Um, whether we'll find a race for a sort of before next season now, I, I, I'm not sure. We've still got some shares available in her. I think we've said at the time at this current time, I think we've sold about 60 of them. So we've still got a few more available. And the other exciting thing, come sort of August, September, we've got another horse that's going to be in training with Jimmy Frost and whenever possible, ridden by his daughter, Bryony, who is ever popular. Mm. And we're taking deposits for uh, the shares in that horse. And we actually, um, um, Jimmy Jimmy bred the horse himself and was, and it was unnamed. He was unnamed. So we ran a naming competition to win a share, share in him. And uh, he ended up being called Graceful Dancer. And that was to do with his breeding. So we, yeah, so come August, we've got three. Um, we, you know, we don't want to run before we can walk. As I say, I'm no longer with Ian, Ian Griffiths, who, who formed for racing with me because he just didn't have the time com to commit to it. So one of our initial shareholders, a guy, a guy called David Moore, um, is now the other racing manager for the four racing owners club. And he helps me out a lot. And we, um, we've come, we've come to the, uh, strategy, if you like, that we're never going to take on another horse until we know we've sold enough shares to to cover our costs in in the previous one so um yeah it'd be crazy to all of a sudden have 12 that we're trying to sell shares in yeah so come come august we'll have three wonderful what does somebody get from having a share in one of the horses what are the benefits for them as well as raising money for good causes yeah. what else do they get under normal circumstances whatever normal is these days if they buy one share they get a one percent share holding in that horse for the year now we don't actually physically own any of the horses they're all leased to us so if you were to buy a one percent share in the horse you would naturally get one percent share of any prize money at the end of the syndicate period you also are entitled whenever when crowds are allowed at the courses Whenever the horse runs, you can go into go into a ballot for an owner's badge. Um, it varies from course to course. Some some issue six, some issue ten, um, and then if there's fourteen people that want one, you go into a ballot for an owner's badge. Obviously, anybody can still go and watch the horse. The owners can still go. The shareholders can still go and watch the horse, but they wouldn't have in the entitlements that a, a, an owner's badge would give them. So you go into a ballot for that. 
we 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 run stable visits so that the the owners can all get together and go and see the horse and meet the trainer and and things like that and as you said you know one of the things that so many people within our syndicates like is the fact that they know they're also helping raise money for some worthy causes mm. so that's where we feel we're a little bit different you know I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and call out any of the big syndicate groups, but when you see how much money they raise per horse, the, the money they must be making as profit, which I've, I've got nothing against because obviously they're businesses, so good luck to them. But I just thought, you know, I don't really want to make personally any profit out of this. And if it, and I think a lot of our members feel the same. They feel that, you know, they're getting the thrill of saying that they own a piece of a horse and also at the same time helping helping charitable causes yeah absolutely on the stable visit you say that they meet the trainers is that a, a whole day out for them well again we we haven't actually had one as yet because we had one planned i think it was back in november at rebecca's and because of all the covid restrictions we actually couldn't have it and it was a shame because we had like bacon butties arranged for the morning we were going to do a tour of the stables then all go to lunch in the local pub and then you know just have a and we had a few special guests that were going to turn up but we had to sort of cancel it last minute and Rebecca bless her put on a really good sort of um, virtual tour by video so she did a video tour for us anyway but all things being equal we've got another one booked in for the 4th of July um, and hopefully, if um, yeah, I've even booked my flights. That's how confident I, I am that we're still going to be able to go. Um, and hopefully, we're going to have one at Cayley Woolacott's yard as well, sort of the following weekend. So, to be honest with you, when you ask the question if they last all day, they probably don't. But I, they're probably a few hours in the morning, um, and then I get together over lunch. So yeah, the pubs are open now, so it could last all day. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I've got anything to say about it, it will. We'll, we'll make a really good day of it. And when's when's the next uh, race that uh, Snowy or Morning Gloria will be in? When we don't, ride? we we haven't got anything planned for Morning Gloria yet because she's got such a low handicap mark. It's going to be quite hard to find a race that she'll she'll get in because um, often some of these lower handicapped horses um, they go into a certain rate rated rated race and there's quite a lot of entries and they sometimes get sort of balloted out um, so we've got no plans we want we want to see if there is anything right that comes along but if not she'll probably spend a couple of months in the summer in the field and then come back into training probably sort of late August early September mm. Snowy um, is enter well Rebecca's entering Snowy for a race she's actually entering it tomorrow but I can't remember off the top of my head what date it would be for um i think it's going to be i think it's going to be at sedgefield again but obviously it'll be probably one day next week if, if she's entering her tomorrow the snowy is about yeah. going to race soon so what happens then once snowy races and say you know the the shareholders then want to chat about that race so you know pre-race post-race yeah. is there a facebook group that they all get together? yeah we've We've got various we've got various methods of communication. To be honest, um, we've got a general uh, Facebook group, which is just the four owners racing group, and that's an open group, and anybody 
sorry, for Racing Owners Club. Um, and that's an open group that anybody can join. And I think we've got about 980 members in there. Um, but we've also got private groups for each of the horses. So only the shareholders have access to that. Um, and we communicate um, a lot of things through that, you know, the videos from the trainers, updates from the trainers, both, both video-wise and audio-wise. And we've also, we run um, WhatsApp groups as well. We've got sort of a general WhatsApp chat for four racing. We've also got a private group for each of the horses again. And we've also, me and David, operate um, one for each of the horses where only we can post in them because we felt that if there was anything important, sometimes in these group chats, you know, I love it. Everyone's bantering away with one another and anything important sometimes might get missed. So we've we've also got the, the WhatsApp groups where just me and David can post. So that's where all the vital news and information goes. And we send out regular emails to all the members as well. Yes, loads of communication. That's brilliant. So that's really bringing people together as well. So if uh, it's amazing, actually, because yeah. so many of our members, considering none of us have met each other yet, um, so many of our members have already said to me that they feel that not only have they joined a, you know, a really friendly, worthwhile racing syndicate, but they've actually made new friends as well. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that's that that's a that's really nice for us to hear. Yeah, that, that is nice when you're going racing and you feel like, you know, a lot of people there. It yeah. feels lovely, doesn't it? Well, when we can go racing again. Yeah. It's not long now, counting down the days. No, it won't. Uh, you know, I think with the way the, the vaccination programme is being rolled out and uh, the positivity that's coming out of that, I'm sure things will be back to normal as they can be in the that's next few months, hopefully. So... If somebody wanted to make a contribution, but they don't actually want to get a share in a horse, can they still do that? Say somebody who's feeling charitable and likes the charities that you're supporting? Yeah, we have we have got a link on the website which goes to a GoFundMe appeal. And we, run, we have been running various other things on the Facebook groups, like we've been running tipping competitions, we've been running a, a sweep for the, you know, for the Grand National... Uh, we run naming competitions. So, you know, some people, you know, we, we do a raffle. We, we might do a raffle once every five or six weeks where sometimes it's two pound a ticket, sometimes five pound a ticket. And then the winner wins a share in the horse. Um, and then again, in any of the surplus goes into the charitable pot. Um, so, you know, there's 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 lots of other ways, you know, and I, I'm so grateful and so appreciative of the of the members that we have got that have bought the shares because I know times are hard for everybody but the way I look at it is what would you rather have for you for a pound a day what would you rather have a, a share in in one of our horses or a third of a cup of Costa coffee <laughs> yeah that's so true definitely so your website you know what what is your web, website is it for racingownersclub.com no it's just www.for-racing.com and if somebody was to go to your website, they'd find out more information there. And um, do you? Yeah, they they would they would find out information about the horses, all about what you know, basically what we're all about. They would see the horse information. They would see how many shares are still available. They can actually purchase them through the site if they want to. A lot of people normally just get in touch with us and ask for our bank details, which is the quickest and easiest way. But they can be purchased through the site, and. 
we've got a, a part of the site where you can actually join join the site as a sort of site member and within that you can watch reruns of all the horses uh, races on by video and things like that so um and it, it also t tells people about some of the ambassadors we've got on board uh, helping support us and like what we're doing so yeah it, it, you know a lot of people sometimes message me on our whatsapp or on on facebook and say can you tell me more information and i always just say well the best way for me to give you some information is to direct you to to the website so all your information is there and you yeah. said about amb ambassadors who are they then who are who are your well obviously we we've we've got we've got the three we've got the three trainers as our ambassadors um we've also got a retired trainer called brian story that's right he used to be a jockey and a trainer and, and him and his wife are very sort of still involved in in, in equine stuff and rehoming racehorses and things like that. So they are ambassadors for us. Um, we've also got another trainer who we haven't got a horse with yet because the opportunity hasn't hasn't arisen. But James Ewart, another racing trainer, he's an ambassador for us because he loves what we're doing. And we've also got a guy called Jake Russell who is quite influential on social media. Jake runs uh, podcasts and things as well. So yeah, we've we've got those people as our, our ambassadors at the moment. That's brilliant. Well, it was lovely speaking with you, Graham. Oh, thank you for having me on. You know, yes. you, know, you can probably tell I'm quite passionate and always quite keen to talk about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely go and have a look at uh, the website and I would say to everybody else, go and have a look at the website and get some more information. What's the address again? It's 4-racing.com and on there, as I say, it tells you all about the horses, the trainers, uh, how to buy a share, some various partners we've got. Um, and we've even got an online shop where you can buy some merchandise and photos and things like that. Brilliant. Thanks, Graham. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by Tack and Tweed. Visit tackandtweed.com for horse rugs and more.